ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Wait a second. Children of all ages. Isn't this show rated explicit? Yeah, that doesn't sound right. We're going to be using a lot of adult no-no words. Ladies and gents, we're proud to present to you the Spinning Our Gears podcast. As a reminder, the issues, views, and opinions discussed in this podcast are those of the co-hosts and their guests and do not reflect those of any department, agency, city, municipality, state, or country. All stories, characters, and individuals discussed on the podcast should be considered fictional for entertainment value, especially if there's any Blue Falcons listening in. Listener discretion is advised. If you don't like it, hit the big X and find something else. Otherwise, without further ado, here are your hosts, Turk and Swagger. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Spinning Our Gears. I'm Turk. He's Interim Chief Swagger. Together, we're a couple of guys just spinning our gears. Swagger, what are you doing, man? Oh, man, that don't give me that rank, man. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's something I don't want. No, <laughs> <You're> dirty <laughs> to the chiefs that listen to us. That's not a shot at you. We love you. You guys are smart, intelligent individuals. But no, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm just gonna keep sipping my water while you say that. <laughs> all right. No, I'm I'm doing all right, man. I I felt like kind of like a zombie all day. I don't know what my deal is. I've been like mood wise, I'm good. I've been getting a lot of shit done, but just kind of dragging. It's been weird. Have you you've you've been off? Has, like, yeah, you're off today. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm fresh out of the squad car. I still got the shirt on. I'm sweaty, you know, because it's you know Iowa and it's summertime. Yeah, um, as I'm sitting in here doing this on my with my sweat you know because i have to drive like 50 minutes to work you know right now so well no one tells you when you become a police officer that you will literally sweat sitting in the squad car with the air conditioning going it's amazing it just just happens i it's like i don't i don't understand i can crank the air all the way down to where like the windows are starting to like frost over yeah yet i'm still sweating i I, yeah i have no clue how that works i don't I, i mean the 40 pounds of gear obviously doesn't help but you would think with ice cold air touching you you would cool down and it just doesn't, doesn't happen. Right. I, I always get a kick out of the guys that get those, uh, those tubes. Yeah. The attachment. And then like, it's like a hose and they stick it over like in their vest. Mm-hmm. Such a smart idea. Like it's all squad cars should have that. It's a good idea. And I've seen like the redneck setups also, but like the only reason I haven't gone for it is the tactical side of it. Where like, I just know me, I'm going to get involved in something like a fucking shooting or something. And I'm going to have this <laughs> hose stuck to my chest. Like, <laughs> you come running like you just left the gas station uh you were pumping gas and you forgot to take the hose out and you yes <laughs> yes i know oh, a guy who did that oh. <clears throat> not me uh, but i know a guy that we used to work with and he listens to this podcast religiously and he is going to laugh so hard or be upset i don't know I, it's happened to more than one person let's put it that way yeah mm-hmm. i i definitely don't know a former canine handler that got called out 10 minutes before the end of shift and accidentally left the hose in this canine car. <laughs> Luckily it didn't rip it out of the, the gas pump, but yeah, lucky, yeah. lucky, lucky. Turns out they have fail safes in those things now. Yeah. I, what, I don't know the engineering behind it, but I knew that they're supposed to have like, it's supposed to break away. Yeah. That's what it does. Which makes sense. Yeah person you're talking about was pretty well we didn't let him live it down for a while i think that had a lot to do with it yeah so there's been a couple times that we maybe have hazed him and bullied him when he was a rookie and well, he might have gotten a little upset we do love him He's we were guy. we were just prepping him for what he was going to deal with admin wise 
That day. Actually, that's a good way to look at that. That's phase <laughs> That's phase four of uh, the FTO program. Do you know what phase, I think, two is? Brown nosing. I don't know. Listening to the Spinning Our Gears podcast. Oh, that, that worked right into that. You better, yeah. you better explain what we're talking about. Well, Joe Swanson is a friend of ours. That's obviously a made-up name for those who aren't picking up on that. He's an FTO at the department he works for, and he hit us up on Instagram, tagged a picture of spinning our gears with the podcast playing on the dashboard, playing our rookie episode, and he said it's now one of their standard phases in FTO. Yeah, dude. That could be the only phase of FTO. Well, you probably do need two phases in FTO. You need the experience, but then also just use what we say in, uh, in that episode, and, and it, should, it should work out pretty well for, the, uh, for both the trainee and the uh, field trainer. Right. No reality. Less work Maybe. for the field trainer and, uh, you know, a little bit more work for the uh, the trainee at the beginning. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe we put a second episode out and that can be phase three. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. There you go. And so phase one is the experience. Phase two and three is trick and swagger. And then phase four is get on your own. Yeah. I like it. Where do we write that up? That should be something that we patent and and take to uh take to all of the uh, admin and say this is what you need to do from now on well listen mr interim chief if there's anyone who knows anything about policy and procedure it's you you can write that up for us ah you know me i don't like policies or no i'm just kidding (laughs) you like you like how i roped you into that you did you wrote me in and i'm going to take the political stance like uh you know most do and uh sit that question out (laughs) what other maintenance we got you got anything you know, I I don't want to dive into it too much because I, I hate when we sound like that very vague, hey, we got something on the back burner, but we are kind of working, you know, with a, a group right now that I think could be pretty fun, pretty cool, and I think our listeners are going to be excited. You and I talked about it a little bit. What are your thoughts on it? I am pumped for it. I think it's a, it's going to be a great thing, local company that we're, we're real excited about, and um, they got the same law enforcement mentality, so... Um, we're looking to dive into that and and uh, and help each other out. So, pretty excited. I don't know. I mean, hopefully we can get it started sooner rather than later. Obviously, yeah. for for the sake of things, but um, but I'm pumped. More deets to come, fellas. Yeah, we'll tell you about it here probably in the next episode. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. I think I think we can get our gears spinning quick enough that we get it we get it lined up. That's perfect reference. <laughs> Dude, I'm just, I'm full of them. You're full today. of them. You said you were a zombie earlier. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, man. You're on the ball. <laughs> Apparently the brain works, even though, no, wait, that's not how it works, though. No, that's not how that goes. Whatever. 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 Hey, do, do you have anything you want to pop in before we jump into all this? No, not right now. I mean, uh, we're s- still over at uh, the you know, Emory Hart Designs. Uh, only have a couple more states left. I don't yeah. remember which one bought out of the three. Oh, so we're down to two from the three. We're down to two. So right we need to uh, try to get that knocked out. I'll get back and, to everybody on that one. And you got a new shipment in, right? So we've got koozies back in stock. We got koozies back in stock. They got a little bit different. There's a little bit bigger on the uh, emblem and stuff like that. It looks nice. Um, yeah. So, and then I saw that, uh, saw you, uh, you fixed uh, the emblem. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Put the, the in there. Yeah. We've so, and, and podcast at the end too. So yeah. So you know that that was an inside joke, wasn't it? A little bit. I wasn't going to elaborate on it. I was going to let it just hang there for everyone to kind of go, "What the fuck are they talking about?" It's really sad that uh, 
you know, that there's all these cops listening to this podcast and some of them are FTOs and couldn't figure <laughs> out that they, uh, there was a misspelled word in there. The, it's... The... Oh, go ahead. No, we were just, you know, I'm trying to be the uh, the rookie writing a report that screwed it up royally and, and nobody caught it except for uh, except for my wife who who definitely caught it and immediately was like, why is that spelled wrong? I was like, well, kind of the running the joke. joke. Yeah, kind of the running joke. It's kind of about like how the rookies and how they're constantly making mistakes in the reports and they have to do more and more drafts. That was the inside joke with that. Exactly. So, so if you've seen it, it looks great. It's uh it's uh, our new our new look. We're getting more professional, uh, as you can imagine, because we're getting more listeners day after yeah. day. So yeah. uh, we got to take kind of take this thing even more serious now. There's a well, transitioning phase here, um, right? And and we're kind of rolling through it. So we just got the materials on over on our side of things. My wife and I did to start making the stickers, like we talked about. Yes. Uh, we, we we ordered the materials. They got to come in yet. Once we get those in stock, we'll start hammering that out and. She's been kind of a beast with the the designs and stuff. It's pretty awesome, and I'm excited to see what she comes up with. So, yeah. So if you uh, you see us out and about and uh, in your community, and uh, you know we're just exercising our First Amendment, you know we're not sovereign citizens. Just <laughs> with respect, okay? Well, I didn't. I had no that had never crossed my mind until you brought it up last episode. I'm like, fuck yes. Oh, we dude. are we are definitely handing out stickers to little kids now. Yeah, trick or treat. All this stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but we don't need any more podcasts. That's the last thing we need is more podcasts. Yeah, no, those are uh, there's too many of those in the world. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I listen to a lot of them. I mean, driving around you know, twelve hours. Keep, keep pulling that nose up, Swagger. Keep saving us, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Until I take us down a road that gets us I, in trouble. Hey, man. No, I'm not going down that road. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to make a Top Gun reference, but then that was going to be like way too soon, even though it's been like 30 some odd years. <laughs> All right. Back to where we were. What were we talking about? Just maintenance stuff. Unfortunately, we we purged all of our applications for the mega fan. God, dude. Yeah. I can't believe it, man. I, it's unfortunate. That so, one person I thought was really going to make it. I thought so, too. But... I had high hopes. I had really high hopes. The the interview went so well, main maintained eye contact the entire time they were giving me a rip. Wait, what? <laughs> hey, so my next question. <laughs> <laughs> I got a serious question here. Okay. Since we all we purged them all, what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're fucked out of luck. Is that like? Do we need to like? Maybe list it as find people who are like certified to do podcast. I'm gonna and... turn. I'm gonna turn to Craigslist. Is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Oh, that might work actually. <laughs> Ooh. I actually thought about that. You said Craigslist, and I thought, you know, maybe we put an ad there and lost connections. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you for six years. <laughs> you were wearing PT shorts and a shirt. <laughs> you okay. Maybe sit okay. down and write this long. Long essay, and then I had to do this. <laughs> oh, man. Pop smoke. Pop smoke right. right now. <laughs> okay. No, but seriously, like, what, what what do we do when we're out that much? You know, like, we, we totally went over a lot. <laughs> well, just, there's always time to turn it around, I guess. <laughs> I would beg to differ. <laughs> um. All right. Okay, so yeah. for the for, 
for the out of area fans, obviously an inside joke. We've said this so many times. Our stories will come out. It's going to take some time. We can't do it right now. This will all make sense someday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you know, and if anybody's listening to any of us talk, you know, there, there's terms and conditions. I mean, there's terms and conditions. <laughs> so <laughs> thank God for the disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. Well, we have a really serious topic. Are we done with maintenance? And yeah, because we I, do have a serious topic. That kind of hit me. I was, I, we weren't gonna do like the stupid criminal and stuff again today because we do have a serious topic, and we did go off on a little tangent there. I hope you guys had some fun with that. We are gonna dive into our, our second Uvalde episode. Basically, is what we're we're looking to do. More information has come out, and we just kind of want to cover the backside of our first episode. Yeah. So I. <clears throat> from listening to you know the countless news articles and things like that coming out obviously you know you pick and choose what you believe in the media these mm-hmm. days but just hearing kind of where things have kind of spun and i think we you and i had like maybe the thought that this was actually the route that was going to go down in all reality yeah. because it didn't seem like it was adding up right um but i it just kind of you know obviously makes me pretty sick to my stomach just hearing kind of the way things transpired and well i guess if i can add to that mm-hmm. the first episode we didn't really have any clarification there were answers that were left or sorry questions that were left unanswered unfortunately this episode is going to be the same way there was a very common theme when i was doing my research i try to stay off of like youtube and stuff i try to do mainly printed printed research but the common theme was that somebody is lying somebody is not telling the truth we still don't know who it is and until full body cams come out that are unedited we probably will not know right and you know you and i were talking you know pre-show pre-episode whatever we're calling it about the my my level of conspiracy theories and things like that and like i don't want to go down that road too much because Mm -hmm. you know you kind of get in a rabbit hole down a dark hole of a lot of shit in the world that's happened yeah like this the stuff that we have researched after we had, you know, the Uvalde point one, it just seems to me that more and more things that had gone wrong or that were in place and that were broken or weren't working properly. It just, to me, all seems, you know, kind of like there's that, Oh, kind of maybe happened for a reason. And, yeah. and like somebody planned this and I hate to go down that road. Cause like, obviously, you know, it makes you sick to your stomach to even think that, you know, growing up in the country we live in, that you know whoa we're supposed to you know be the the role model for all all these other countries and then you have shit like this that happens so you know it's uh it's really unfortunate you know it makes me sick to my stomach because they're very little kids i mean any kid but mm-hmm. anybody but very little kids especially as i think everybody can can agree with so well i think it, it, if it is if it is that if it is some sort of conspiracy that's dealing with politics and if it's mm-hmm. not and some of the problems that we're seeing right now. And I, what I was going to kind of circle around to the end of the episode was that politics are at play right now. And that's, I think a big reason why we don't know specifically what's going on. What I kind of saw is that you've got this chief Arredondo of the, the Uvalde school district police. He's a politician and he's kind of going up against the DPS director, Stephen McGraw, who is also a politician. And it's almost kind of like, again, 
splitting the sides. It depends on who you want to side with and who you want to believe. The initial reports that we were hearing was that Chief Arredondo was saying the doors were locked inside and he was waiting for more officers, more firepower for the keys to the doors and for a breaching tool before he made before they would make entry into there. DPS Director McGraw, who's kind of in charge of the investigation, is saying that's not the case at all. He's saying that within three minutes, there were shields, rifles, a halligan, and officers with like SWAT type gear who could have made entry. That was kind of that was that was the first thing that you started to notice when you're doing the backtracking of the research. The next thing that McGraw is alleging is that the door was not locked at all. Have you seen any of that when you were looking things up? Yeah, that's uh, I read somewhere that it said that it was like malfunctioned. Yep. Um, you know, or like by, you know, a teacher prior maybe made a report of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, to the point to where the school couldn't be completely locked down in a lockdown situation of any kind, or even have that right. security level that it needs to be at where you have the, you know, a single point of entry and exit mm-hmm. unless there's an emergency. So it sounds like, you know, the school was not absolutely was not prepared. The building itself was not prepared for, for this. Yeah, not at all. And so, yeah, like you said, the the one teacher had reported they could not lock that door from the inside. It sounds like multiple rooms were that way. The What we reported in the first episode was that a door had been propped open outside where he got in. It's now looking like that wasn't the case, that they, the teacher did have it propped open, but when she left, she closed it, but it did not lock also. Apparently, you couldn't lock any of these doors without a key. So... No. Again, like you said, the school can't be locked down like it's supposed to be. The structure's starting to kind of collapse here with what we're we're picking up on in our research right off the bat before the school shooting ever took place. Yeah, it just it looks like the building itself from point, you know, the first point of this, the building itself was not prepared for anything to sustain this issue. Correct. No. Uh, more research that I picked up on was that the school had some sort of a, like a broadcasting system to help it go into lockdown. That was not working properly. Several of the teachers didn't know they were supposed to be locking down. And then when you add on top of that, that some of the rooms wouldn't lock down in the first place, like just a terrible, terrible situation. System was not working like it should be. Right. I, I read that and I read a comment, you know, cause that's what we do. And I try to stay out of comments, but somebody, somebody said in a comment that I read regarding that particular thing that the, the system malfunction that they, why didn't, you know, why didn't somebody just pull the fire alarm? And I'm like, yeah. Okay. So where does everybody run to right. typically when there's a fire, a hallway, you know, the, the casualty count would have been much higher than if they would have pulled the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. So you know, these are some of the factors that, you know, other people don't think about tactically like police officers do. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we think of these things, um, you know, military personnel thinks of those things. Um, but, you know, veterans, prior law enforcement thinks of those things. But, uh, you know, that's I'm, I'm almost certain that that guy is not in any way, shape or form prior military or law enforcement. So, no, he, he was not. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of continue on, uh, Director McGraw continues to place blame on Arredondo. And he came out and he said that he didn't care so much that Arredondo took over, took over incident command, but he thinks that he should have turned it over at the earliest convenience. I guess yes and no. Part of me says, yeah, he was a smaller, his chief of a smaller department, 
probably shouldn't turn it over to a bigger department. But at the same time, that whole idea of incident command is you have a unified structure. So how is that going to work out if you're constantly passing the buck off to someone else? Well, and right. And we mentioned this in point one of the, of our, of our episodes of this, that, you know, you, you want to make sure that you have the people in incident command that know the people that are going in, the officers that are going in and know what their capabilities and strengths and weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. Outside agency taking over incident command of those officers inside may not know the the strengths and weaknesses of each of those individuals in there. And that's where it comes down to being a leader that you should know. And we've mentioned this in our leadership episode, you should know your capabilities of those below you. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in, if you're directly in charge of those, per, you know, those people, if you're the SWAT commander, if you're the chief, if you're whatever your position is, if you're above that, above somebody, you have to know how good people are below you and what they're good at and what they're not good at. Absolutely. So it, McGraw thinks that Aridano should have passed it off. He did not. But then uh, McGraw makes this comment that kind of stuck in my crawl a little bit. He says that his DPS troopers who were all on scene within minutes. I think there was like 17 of them, something around there. He's saying that would have put other people in danger had they not followed the chief's orders and gone in by themselves. This was at a time where he was still saying that there were multiple shots being fired. That's not how the incident command works. Incident command works where if, if it lull, if the the gunfire stops, yeah, then you start setting up your tack teams and your react teams and your med teams but if there's like gunfire taking place, you address that. Am I correct or am I wrong in yeah. that? No, it's an absolutely, it's a very fluent situation. You know, if you're hearing gunfire, it's it's still a 100% active shooter, assailant, whatever the hell people are calling them nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we know because we've had the training of what to do in, in that situation. And that is to go, you know, mm-hmm. go towards the gunfire, go and seek it out and neutralize the threat as quickly as possible because it's not going to stop. You know, it doesn't stop until he runs out of bodies or people or kids in this matter. Right. So, you know, and then he just has himself, which, you know, we know pretty much every time, most of the time, except for obviously in Buffalo, the, the person, you know, kills himself, you know, on top of everything. Yep. So, um, it's just, it's yeah. Well, so this was kind of, I kind of sort of pick up on this. And I think I mentioned this in the first episode also that Macross seemed to be trying to distance his department and himself from the issue. And the Uvalde mayor kind of believes the same thing. Now, I don't know. I don't know the credentials of the Uvalde mayor or why he's backing Arredondo so much, but he's basically saying that he thinks McGraw is making misleading statements and outright lying, trying to scapegoat Arredondo. He's he's basically fully backing Arredondo, which when we get into this later, Arredondo is on the city council, so that might be part of it. But he's he's saying that McGraw is is making stuff up and trying again, like I said, trying to distance himself from the issue and from the mistake that was made. McGraw is saying that police that were on scene, you're gonna like this, are making misleading, not untruthful statements, but misleading statements. See, that's such a problem. Right. Well, and there's so much finger pointing going on in that matter. And I, and I, I know why is because nobody wants to take the blame because they right. all know it was fucked up. Right. And, and they totally screwed up and they've been trained. Like then, you know, they've all been trained like this, this active, active shooters, active assailants, whatever they're calling them down there are 
they've been going on for for a while like we're talking you know probably almost 20 years now and in mm-hmm. reality just based off of the the issues with you know it's a, it's a mental health issue in my, in my opinion but there's just so much of it that this is what just keeps it just keeps happening over and over and over again because people with mental health issues get a hold of guns mm-hmm. you know and you know we not to go down the second amendment side of things but obviously the the gun's not the problem it's it's the people that have the gun like that's common sense you know mm-hmm. like you're not going to take people's cars away if they kill somebody in a drunk driving accident like i mean like that's not you know they still get their they're still going to get their car back right so but but with that well, being said you know uh, like, just just like thing. right and just like how you said they're, they're trained to address these situations i think these commanders I'm not, I don't want to call them leaders. These, I, I think they've been trained to be puppets where no one wants to step up and say, yep, I fucked up here and they fucked up there because they know that if they admit that, it's going to be a lawsuit and they're going to lose more money. Look, 21 people fucking died. Someone's yeah. going to lose some money. Own up to this so that we can make the corrections we need to make and shit like this doesn't happen again. Right. That, you, the fact that you're going to sit there and lie or try to deflect the blame like you're all there together mm-hmm. and try to deflect the blame is you know it's it's sick in itself because just like you said you know 21 people passed away a lot of those being the majority of those being kids mm-hmm. and you know that's that's pretty sick in the head in all reality right so, well and so he mcgraw keeps saying that body cam and surveillance footage is going to be released well it's been over a month now and some of it's being leaked, which is showing us some information. I understand there's an investigation going on, but why are we not releasing it at this point so that we get the truth out there? Oh, yeah, they should have. They should have been releasing that like within because we knew enough information within a week of mm-hmm. that thing that they could have been releasing certain certain body cam video, right? Right. To right. just prove that what they did was accurate. And I'm not saying you needed to show like the gruesome stuff, you know, behind it, but you could have started releasing things showing that, yep, they were in the building. This is what they were doing, you know, things like that. Um, I know that there's been some like still photos, like photographs that I have seen. And I don't know if there's any other video out there that anybody else has seen that hasn't just been leaked. I'm talking like from the government. So to me, looking at the still photos from what has transpired since, it looked like those guys that were in there were well way more than well and prepared with the gear that they had the equipment that they had to go and neutralize that threat especially i mean i saw a photo with like seven guys in there like Mm -hmm. seven on one kid well and so that's kind of where this starts to i don't want to say get interesting but starts to open your eyes a little bit because and like i said i didn't do any um like video type research mine was more printed article But what I'm seeing is that there was some surveillance inside the school that was released that showed they're identifying Chief Arredondo as one of the three that made entry with a lieutenant and a sergeant, which we could go off on a tangent there. Three promoted personnel of a six-person department. That's kind of an issue in itself. But anyway, what the one article was saying was that these three were the first ones on scene. They made entry and that the sergeant and lieutenant were both shot with grazing wounds and that they all but the, apparently they were shot while they were trying to look through the window to find this person the shooter they kind of fell back but according to the article that i read they never tried the door so we're not sure where this information that the door wasn't or that the door was locked is coming from 
I've actually, I actually saw something that said it was never locked. Like the right. actual door to the classroom that they were in, that he was in, was never locked. Right. And they were asking for like a ram and a breaching tool. and So well, that, that kind of starts to make you wonder and try to put yourself in the mindset of the chief. Do you? Th- I'm, I'm almost, and this is my, me asking you hypothetically, do you think that he panicked and shit his pants because he was one of the first three and shots were coming to the door? Possibly. I mean... You know, like it's if you get shot in a SWAT, you know, a SWAT warrant or whatever, the you know the medics are always like, "Yep, we're gonna take your gun," you know, because mm-hmm. of shock and whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could could very well be the same way where you're getting shot at. I mean, if he's never been shot at before, and and I don't know if he's ever worked the pits, right? You know, I, we've all worked at a range, and you yeah. pull the you know put the targets up in the air, and you're down in the pits, and then you hear the the crack of the bullet, you know, come by. If you've never had that uh, happen, then yeah, it's probably gonna be a little little startling to you because it's a different sound sure so it doesn't well, sound like it does come right out of the barrel you know right more of this of this surveillance and body cameras coming out but without really identifying people one of the the videos that was reported on officers on scene are saying that they know people are inside and they're asking why we're not going in and what is believed to be Arredondo was quoted as saying that we're trying to preserve the rest of the life inside. People are going to ask why we're waiting for so long, but that's why the issue that pops up is that we learned four of the individuals who died did so uh, either being transported to, or once they arrived at the hospital. So he's saying that they wanted to preserve the rest of life. Well, if you would have made entry, you possibly could have preserved those four lives. Yeah. Cause they wouldn't have lost so much blood. Absolutely. Right. Right. And well, and then to that, there was one of the, one of the, uh, you've all the school district SROs. Uh, I'm not going to say his name out of respect. He had gotten a phone call from his wife who was a teacher there. And she said that she'd been shot and she needed help. He was trying to make entry and he was actually detained by other officers. I'm, I'm guessing they were concerned about his mental state and whether he could clearly do something properly and, and make decisions properly. But just try to put yourselves in his shoes. Like you've got a wife inside who's telling you she's been shot. And instead of being able to go in there and save your wife's life, you got other officers detaining you and you've got a chief saying, well, no, we're, we're going to hold up and we're, we're going to wait so that we can preserve life. It just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. The only, the only thing I can see that they're trying to do there by not letting him go in there is that let's say this, this crazy dude decides to come out with his hands up now and they can take him into custody. Right. Yeah, and he he's probably likely just to execute him. Like, let's be real. Sure, you know your wife's been shot. Her friends, because you know coworkers and friends are in there that have you know had this happen. Mm-hmm. Her her students that she's taught or so forth are are hurt or dead. Um, I mean, there's a lot of factors there that obviously would piss somebody off, and and rightfully so. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like like I would feel that way. You know, I could put myself in in his shoes. You know, and but yeah, that's it's it's irritating is what it is and it's to the max like you, right. i don't think you could be any more irritated with with the events that are were transpiring with the waiting and stuff like that and knowing that your wife's been shot and and you could do something about it but yet you're being told you can and being literally like held against your will to to not so well think about the mental health trauma that guy's going through right now oh yeah. and and his fellow his fellow officers too but oh everybody i mean i would say probably everybody down there even the the chief and the dps you know the guy because like let's be realistic they have to know deep inside their subconscious that they totally fucked up right right i mean and so more of this split between the two 
it sounds like now Arredondo is stating he was not incident commander, and which is what McGraw is saying took place. The issue is that there's more surveillance cam that came out where uh, officers are voicing their concerns saying, why are we not going in? And someone said that they needed to wait for whoever was in charge to make a decision and alluded towards Arredondo being that person. That, that was kind of the last thing I had written down for their kind of back and forth. Well, what I was just saying, I was going to ask was that, you know, that not to crack like a joke at this, cause this is not funny whatsoever, but these two sound like they're married, you know, or right. like, there's just too many chiefs and not enough Indians there. Right. And I, that's a bad reference in today's day and age, but that's like a legitimate like analogy uh, that has some serious meaning behind it. Like somebody has got to be in charge one person to make that decision right. and, and go, you can't have all these people, you know, that are, are putting their two cents in. Like, this isn't like a, you know, this isn't like a, a you know, a, a, you know, a democracy. It's not, a, there's no vote here. Like we're not going to vote on what we're doing. Somebody needs to take, take charge and go. Right. And I guess I, the reason I kind of, I lost my train of thought there was that it's such a confusing thing. Like one person is saying that the chief was incident commander and the chief is saying, no, I wasn't. Well, that's such a black and white issue. It's going to come out when the body cam video is released. Like we're going to know. And like the 911 calls and everything like that, we're going to know who was taking incident command. So why is either person lying about it? Doesn't make any sense to me at all. I don't, I don't get it. Like just <clears throat> go a pair of balls and man up and say what happened and be truthful. And to, you know, to give the people, because if you're not, if you're not truthful in this matter, there's never going to be any true closure, you know, for any right. of the families. And right. that's what, that's what's sick, you know, is that they're literally going to sit there and that, that shadow of doubt in the back of their mind is going to continuously haunt them over and over and over again, yeah. as it already is. But it's just going to continue for you know longer than it would in, in theory. Right, right. And it, I guess what doesn't help is that both sides are their statements are constantly changing. McGraw has, at one point, like I said, he was saying officers were giving misleading statements, and then he kind of recanted on that, and then it just gets murkier and murkier, and leaves everyone else out in the dust to not have not not know what's going on, and people who deserve answers are not getting those answers. To kind of to to break off to the next part that I wanted to talk about was kind of some of the system flaws that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. The first one that I mentioned was you've got that six or nine man department, and so far three of the people that I've listed are all promoted personnel: a chief, a lieutenant, and a sergeant. Well, since this incident has taken place, another lieutenant on the department has been promoted to their interim chief. So now you're looking at over half the department is promoted personnel you and I may or may not know a little bit about that like, yeah. and why that's such a fucking problem. Oh yeah. Yep. It's the, the, the level of training and, and so forth. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you, it's a mess. I, I like, I'm trying to like formulate some words to even elaborate even further on this from when we did point one, you know, 1.0 on this, but right. I mean, this is just continuously going down a dark hole of, of doubt and questions. So it, I guess it makes me wonder, one, how many members of this department are promoted personnel? And if, let's, I mean, if you were saying already half of them are, let's say all of them are, how seriously are they taking this? Or is this a position where they were on the back end of their career and they were assigned these positions to kind of ride out the rest of their career? Right. And that's, that's hard telling because I don't know what their calls for service are, right. what they're doing a day. Like it's... It's hard. And, it's hard telling. 
without and that's, being that, there. that's a total hypothetical assumption question mm-hmm. type thing but it based on what we know it starts to lead your mind down that that kind of those kind of thoughts those ideas right um, the so the next thing that i picked up on chief arredondo did not have a radio on him he was quoted as saying that the radio was cumbersome so he was not wearing it with him and that when i read that i just about literally screamed out loud the most like important that, thing like let's be real on your on your belt is your radio like yeah. I, I you can say you're gone i i again i get that point of view people will make that argument but i'm gonna tell you right now it's your radio mm-hmm. like I, if you've been in this profession long enough to know like a, I, a rookie would tell you it's their gun yeah uh, you know they just don't know but you're you can get so far out in front of all this you know all the shit with a radio much faster than anything else right so well and so okay let's say he was incident commander uh the articles were saying that he it basically resulted to him using his cell phone to call dispatch and to call other people in if he had his radio he could be a he could be an actual incident commander without a radio you're you're screwed you're yeah. pissing into the wind and it just kind of le- it led me down that whole do as i say not as i do type of thing really irritated the fuck out of me like especially like you'll see captains and chiefs come in in their uniform but they don't have a vest on and they wear they're wearing a baby glock on their side they don't have anything on their duty belt and it's kind of like that hey i'm one of you guys but i'm better than you still right and that's this is where we end up when you have that mentality and that mindset yeah you you, if you're a working chief you need to be working like legitimately you know you just have to be geared up ready to rock for any situation because that's your job and um, cause you do, you do have those chiefs that do that. They yep. wear that, they wear like the limited amount of gear and it's like, do you have the power to arrest somebody? Do you have the power to shoot somebody? Do you have, you know, like all these things, you're still a police officer, you know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't change. So I, I agree that seeing the little tiny, like Glock 43s that, you know, they're wearing on their, it's like, what is that fucking thing? What right. is that? Six shots, like seven shots, seven, whatever it is, six and nine. Absolutely. It's, it's the, Hey, there might be a cameraman around that's going to see me. And so I better be in uniform so they know that I'm the chief. Right. And it's like, you're not fooling anybody. Well, you're fooling the American population because they're, you know, sure. But but you're not fooling anybody in law enforcement when you do that shit. Sure. We all just think you're a dumbass. So, Uh, well, then, so we go another step further, right? He doesn't have his radio on him because it's cumbersome to carry. Then we find out that the radio system was not working in the school in the first place. So even if this chief had been a decent leader and was doing as he was saying, not as he was doing, then, and he had his radio, it still wouldn't have worked to the guys inside because it was an outdated radio system that had been, I want to say it was like 30, 35 years old with what I read. Again, the system's breaking down. Basically, there's no foundation to the system. This was a really, really fucked up situation. Well, and they from images that I saw and, and somebody can correct me, but it looks like it's a brick, like a pretty much an all brick building. And you know, like we've all been in brick buildings, basements yep. and things like that where radio frequency is not the best. Right. Um, you know, those, those are kind of nightmarish places to go. Um, if you're, you know, if you're in an elevated situation and at risk, you know, you know, call for service or whatever. But if you get inside somewhere and your radio is not working, that, that poses a big problem uh, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. So, but I guess what I would say is compared to my first year as a police officer to the you know 12th year that I met now, 
the technology has gotten much better and they've oh, yeah. what's it called radio boosters that they've installed now yep. and anyway the same buildings that i would go into my first year where i couldn't get radio reception i had radio reception <laughs> easy for me to say right i had radio reception now so had they had they spent that little bit of money because again when you look at this this was a, a department that was started to keep the school safe it's it's good to, to put that on paper and say that you have that, but until you start spending the money and the training and actually, you know, pushing yourself to achieve that, it's no good. So right. they had an outdated radio system. The school was fucked up. It couldn't be locked down. You got a chief that doesn't really care enough to be a leader to be outfitted like a police officer. It just kind of shows you that I guess that tornado of of issues they had going on. Yeah, it's just a, it's a it's a big turd sandwich just rolling down a hill. So yeah, and I, and I think oh go ahead. It's you know uh, spend the money, you know get people on board to spend the money to get the updated equipment that you need, you know, but especially your your radio like that needs to be probably the most important thing that you're spending your budget on is to right. make sure that those are like state of the art can reach just about anywhere, you know can be switched to in other jurisdictions, other jurisdictions can you know, tap into yours, you know, and you, so you guys can communicate in situations like this. Mm-hmm. Well, and so that, that was the last breakdown that I had or that I had found was that 911 calls were being routed to another jurisdiction and not by choice. So again, they weren't doing that by choice. No, like according to the article, I guess that, that, that could be wrong. We know how the media, you know, how they report things, but according to the article that I read, 911 calls were automatically going to the uh, 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 the wrong dispatch center. See, I feel I feel like if you had the capability in a situation like that to route those to a different jurisdiction to take those other calls that were coming in to leave all channels open on yours. Sure. Um, and your dispatchers engaged on just that matter. Sure. Uh, I feel like that would be actually something positive in mm-hmm. light of this situation, but. You know, I don't know what everybody's capabilities are out there in the world because I know how like we used to work in our old jurisdiction, right? And how mm-hmm. things were versus like a joint communication center now. Right. Like, it's completely different. You know, there's just it's a it's a totally different ballgame. So Yeah, I guess yeah, I guess take that one with a grain of salt. I kinda left it last for a reason, but it the way the article was written was made it sound like made it sound like they were not they they were going to another jurisdiction and not by choice. So if that's the case, it is a huge issue. If not, good on them for having some sort of a plan. Right. That I think that I, I if there's anybody out there that can knows of a better way to do that, that and I'm wrong, by all means reach out and tell us because I would like to know. But to me, that just sounds like that makes a little bit of sense. And I just for the circumstances, right? Nothing right. else, but just like some active shooter related. Like it's a you know because you're not getting just your jurisdiction coming tell your active shooter issue when anybody or as should and i hope that everybody does but any agency that you ever hear you know if you're listening to another agency or whatever and you get active shooter your asses better be going right like fuck mutual aid because let's be real who has time to ask for it right you might right. Well just go and and try to help out because well, it's it's it's, it's going to affect the whole general region but then look at this i mean now it's affecting the whole country right right so and so let's not jump over that way you just said there you mentioned it we have witnessed it we've been a part of it where 
a how, how do I put this without getting us in trouble? Uh, I, know where you're, I know where you're going, but yeah. yeah. The, so there, there were apparently shots fired, a possible active shooter, very close to a jurisdiction, and the jurisdiction where it was not happening had officers taking it upon themselves to go to that, and a sergeant told them to stand down because uh, assistance had not been requested yet to enact mutual aid. Well, right. like you said, that's complete bullshit. Like, if I'm going into an active shooter, especially at a school, the last thing I'm thinking is going, hey, uh, dispatch, go ahead and enact mutual aid, please. Like, no, just fucking go. Yeah, you don't have the time. You you, so. you, you don't have the – you have absolutely no time to do that. Like, I know it's like, oh, it's only like, you know, a few words to say. But, like, let's be real. Like, you're not – and if you're thinking about that as you're driving there, you probably need to, like, rewire your head and think about what you need to do when sure. you're here. Like – Cause you're a little already behind the curve then, but like that, that, and I know policy is policy, mutual aid policy is policy at that point. It's like, you know, use that as fucking toilet paper and wipe your ass with it and just go. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, what are you gonna do? Fire me after I just, you know, help them out. Like whatever. Right. You know, if that's the case, like I don't want to fucking work for you anyway. So, well, and but then it goes back to also when you're an FTO and they're like, well, you're certified to the state. You can stop cars anywhere in the state. Right. But if there's active shots fired going on, you're not going to go help because mutual aid hasn't been enacted. Right. It's not. It's it's not six and one half dozen and the other. You can't work this to your advantage. It's one or the other. Yep. So, right. I guess kind of back on track. So what I was kind of talking about was this whole: you create this police department to keep your school safer, but you're not going that full mile to actually complete the task, and. It looks good on paper. Well, I think this kind of centers around, we learned, right, two weeks prior to the shooting, Chief Arredondo was elected as a city city official on the city council. And what we've learned since the shooting, he came out and he said, I'm not going to accept the swearing in until all of the funerals have taken place out of honor and respect to them. What happens? Well, they have a closed-door meeting, and he was sworn in, and it was all hush-hush, and... No one knew about it until recently. Kind of a bullshit thing to do. Kind of a chicken shit thing to do. Uh, since then, he's now asked for a leave of absence from the city council because he doesn't want to attend any of their uh, their city hall meetings. He doesn't want to be out in the public's eye. That has been denied. But just the idea that he would accept that position after this took place, kind of in hiding, and now he's trying to continue to hide with that position just makes my head spin and and makes my blood boil. Yep. I <laughs> that guy, some nerve to just go hide behind closed doors. Like I like all seriousness, that's what he's doing. Like that's not that's not something that's not normal. Like if you're gonna accept an elected position, you need to be there for your community members. And this behind closed door shit is is a not how council meetings or or anything involving you know the community is supposed to be everybody's supposed to be involved in the decision makings that are going on and everybody has should have an open door policy to, as to how it, how it's going and what should be going you know to have their own voice heard and things along those lines but but him trying to take leave of leave of absence like if you're taking it because you have ptsd from this matter that would be a better excuse than to just try to hide behind closed doors because you don't want to face people Right. Well, and, and say he'd been, say he was sworn in prior to this incident. 
I would be all for a leave of absence. Absolutely. There's an investigation going on. Things haven't wrapped up. I don't want our city hall meetings to turn into questioning you about the incident, right. but, but to snake your way in to still get sworn in and then try to hide. That's no bueno. Then I took it upon myself. You can call me investigative, uh, redneck philosopher Turk. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I was just curious based on some of the statements I'd seen McCraw had made very politically correct. Well, go figure. Uh, McCraw had run for, I just closed my notebook. Gosh, darn it. He had run for, uh, Homeland security back in 2019 and obviously did not get that. But so McCraw himself, who's the other side of this is a politician as well. And I think that leads me personally to the biggest issue in all this is that, uh, leaders should not be politicians. You're talking like leaders in leaders in law enforcement. Sorry. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm like, man, I sure wish we had some fucking leaders. Involved in <laughs> we ain't got any of them. I, I I don't think that that well, and maybe it would have, maybe it would have helped prevent the situation. But I I think that had we not had these law enforcement leaders trying to be politicians, we would have more answers today, and we would know what had taken place and what went wrong. And I'll take that last statement back to an extent. There are some leaders within the poli- you know, the political realm of things. Um, unfortunately, there's not enough of them. Because there, there definitely are some people that have the right intentions in mind and in heart, but they're they just they can't do anything because it's, it's so it's so tainted, it's so corrupt and bullshit. Right. So, you know, it, I agree with you completely that, you know, it it's very hard to try to be actively in one thing and then also try to do another thing, mm-hmm. and or even be trying to run in a you know like working one job and trying to like sustain a campaign to be elected in another job and because your mind's not going to be where it should be. Mm-hmm. Or, so. or just that idea of getting into, I guess I don't think anyone gets into law enforcement with the idea of being a politician later on. But when you start working up that chain of command, the idea of, Hey, I want to make chief or sheriff or captain or whatever. So that one day I can make city council or mayor or Senator. That's an issue. You mean like, you don't, you don't What's want to it? run for president? <laughs> I don't think that you should be using your your law enforcement leadership position as a stepping stone. If it turns into that, great. But I'm just saying. You yeah. shouldn't. I get it. You shouldn't be out. You know, it's the same ideology of, you know, showing up like, you know, a few months prior to the, the chief's position opening up and trying to like get out in the community and like show your right. faith. Right. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a much more prolonged period, but it is, it's the same thing. Everybody knows what you're doing. Yep. You're not fooling anybody. Well, you might be fooling some people here. There's, there's a lot of dummies out there, but well, a lot of sheep. There's a lot of sheep, right? There we go. That's the perfect, perfect uh, word for that. So, but I I don't know, man, that was, I just rambled on for quite a bit. I did a lot. That was good. A lot more research, but that was kind of beginning to end where it kind of wrapped up to me. Like, there a, a systematic breakdown and then on the back end of that you've got police trying to be politicians and yeah. i i feel like to me i feel like there is a, a definite link there i i completely agree and, and and seriously like to all the to all of our listeners like if you have a, a difference of opinion or if you want to elaborate on your thoughts or, or on the matter by all by all means reach out to us and and we can share that and yeah um you know bring it up in another episode 
later on down the road. I feel like this episode, I mean, I hope that maybe this is going to be our last one involving this because I really don't want anything else to like continuously progress and change. But let's be real. It's already been said that this thing's not done yet, this investigation. Right. And more stuff's going to come out. So, you know, if anybody's out there that wants to share their opinion on the matter, reach out to us and, and we can do that as well. So, yeah, I guess I feel like that first episode was almost like a, a somewhat of a tactical breakdown of the incident. And this mm-hmm. is just a continuing education on what took place. Yeah, it, it, it's so. definitely a good second step. So, but yeah, I, 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 I thought all the research you had was, was wonderful. Good job. Well, thank you. You, you are, uh, you're definitely, uh, the, the redneck invest invest investigating redneck philosopher right on yeah that's a good one that's a sticker idea right there oh dude. oh that's what we <laughs> should do we should do uh do like meme stickers yeah boom yeah, yeah. i think that'll take off really well <laughs> oh, um, man. I, I guess on that i you know i do want to thank everyone for sticking with us especially after that last episode with the audio quality and everything that took place we are we're looking into different avenues. This episode was another one where we recorded from our own homes. Just this does, I will say this from listening to it all the way through. I haven't heard any issues. I don't know. Have you, I've heard a couple and it, oh, it man. seems to, it seems to be like when we almost are get louder or talk over one another, but that that's a technical side of things. Um, I, I think this episode is going to come out a lot better. You and I have talked about either different platforms, different equipment getting together, we're going to we're going to do what we can to continue to bring out the best most professional content that we can. Yeah, like I said, we're in the uh kind of a transitioning phase with all the stuff that's been kind of brought brought towards us uh over the brought to us over the past, you know, few days um that we kind of have to transition to a more more professional state, I guess if yeah. you will. So which is great. It's going to be a lot of fun. I would I would say professional from a technical aspoint. Yes. You and I are still going to be Turk and Swagger. Yeah, but there's, there's I, definitely going to be some f bombs. Absolutely, I can't help myself. Absolutely, it it has been weird that this week has been kind of just just a bunch has changed this week and a bunch has come at us this week. I, if you told me four months ago that there was someone who was looking to support us that we didn't know, I would probably laugh in your face. But just seeing things kind of taking place and and building up has been really really awesome. Yeah, we're I'm excited to. Uh, to get a partnership going with them and, and try to help each other out. And, and then obviously continue with, uh, you know, Emory heart designs and, and I'm excited to see those stickers when you guys get those done. Those would be sweet. I, like I said, my wife has been a beast with that stuff and I'm excited too. Yes. So I, I guess at this point uh, I would ask that everyone please visit either Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. Yeah, get on the TikTok, man. That shit's funny. Yeah? Did you like that? <laughs> yeah, man. That was good. We've only got a couple of videos out, but so far they're all right. Took a little bit longer than I thought it would, but... Now, the next step is to uh, get us going and some acting. We're going to have to figure out that. <laughs> was that agreed upon or no? You said no video, no dancing videos. <laughs> well, I said no dancing or lip videos, but that doesn't mean ah, no, no, no non-acting. <laughs> yes. Maybe maybe if Justified comes back around, we'll we'll put our names in the hat for that one. Dude, love that show. <laughs> if if you haven't watched Justified and you're a cop, you're there's something cop. there's something wrong with you. Yeah, that's like, you know, I would say probably like year two in law enforcement. You need to probably watch that. I mean, you should watch it before, but if right. you're in like year two or later and you haven't watched it, you probably should. You, you should know, probably take I, some time off and just go watch it. Yeah, it's like what is it, seven seasons? 
Uh, yeah, something like five, six, seven, something like that. Maybe yeah. five. It's it's worth it, man. It's a good show. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that's probably one of. It's probably like I almost don't want to go into it because I feel like it's a whole other episode. But I feel right. like there's there's certain TV shows you should be watching as a police officer, and some you shouldn't shouldn't be. Is that our next show? Our I, next think it I, I think it is. I think it is. I don't know. And, and this literally just came off the top of our head. This is not like a legitimate. Usually we have like a list of, <laughs> of episodes that we're going to do topics. I mean, and this is not on it. So you guys might get the, uh, the spun up idea just out of nowhere. So the, the ad lib, our gears have been spinning. If you feel air. like you're a, a TV or movie, police TV or movie expert. And you want to come on like a critic and you want to come on the show as a guest, let us know. We'll have you on and we can talk about them. Cause uh, I feel like getting the opinion. Cause you, let's be real. We, you and I could talk for, you know, as long as we really wanted to, but with that list of stuff, I think we'd probably run out of things to talk of and not give anybody close to an hour of content. Cause we would just be <laughs> rambling, just boom, 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 boom. So I think if we had a third person in, if anybody wants to join, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We'll have you on. We, we can talk some, uh, some TV shows and, and cop movies. 100%. And I'm excited for that one. That'll yeah. Well, also, again, I'll say uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. Reach out to us. You can send us a message on any one of those. Please give us a follow, a like, a share, subscribe. Uh, send us some money. Uh, send us some videos. I don't know. What, whatever else you have to do with any one of those platforms, please do it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I'm a peacock captain. You got to let me fly. <laughs> that might be a little prelude into our next episode yeah <laughs> all right everybody please stay safe and we will get to this together have a good one